fellow planeswalkers, and welcome to Into the Ether Vortex. My name's Ninja Boy, your guide into all the different ways you can enjoy Magic the Gathering and how they all come together into something wild, wacky, and a little bit magical. So, it's been a while. Last time I talked to you guys was, I think, in November of last year. Uh, thanks to anyone who decided to stick with me through that absence. Um, while I did intend to have a regular release of episodes the past few months, life kind of got in the way. Uh, late January, I started looking for an apartment uh, to move into when my lease ended, uh, which took me through most of February looking for the apartment. And then March was actually me packing and moving into my new place. Uh, fun story, I ended up handing off about 25 pounds worth of just bulk magic cards for from like cons of Tarkir onwards to my friend. Uh, and despite all that, I still had about 70 to 80 pounds uh, of Magic the Gathering stuff and probably more, but just one box that was just Magic stuff, 70 to 80 pounds. So um, yeah, I'm in my new apartment now. Uh, everything is set up. I have my War of the Spark uh, foil seat uh, hung up next to my desk. Um, and I have like a wider desk so that, you know, I have my computer on one desk and then another, my old desk I'm going to be using for deck building and so on. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll try to get back in the stream of things with a regular monthly release, uh, you know, with this April. Now, while I may not have been posting much about Magic, uh, that's not to say I haven't been playing Magic. If anything, quite the opposite. I've been playing quite a lot of the latest set, Neon Dynasty. So, you know, jumping into it, we've had about two and a half months of Kamigawa Neon Dynasty, um, which came out in early February. Now, I'm recording this the weekend of, uh, well, actually, recording this uh, as uh, Streets of New Capanna open, uh, comes to Arena uh, and releases this weekend. Um, I had pre-release last weekend, which I'll talk about next episode. Um, but over the past two months, you know, before we get into the new Capenna, um, you know, I've got a lot more data and I can say without it, and normally I do my recap episodes one month into the format, but because, you know, wife got in the way, I couldn't do that episode, um, I'll say without a doubt, this is my most played Magic format, uh, probably of all time, frankly speaking. I mean, you know, before Arena, I would probably go maybe once, maybe twice uh, a week into the, uh, call it one and a half times a week into the store to play a set, um, to play to play a draft, right? And then so that was, what, uh, one and a half times, let's say a, a set is out, you know, let's say a quarter, right, 13 weeks. Um, so that's still at most about at most 30, probably a little bit less. So somewhere in like the 20-ish range of drafts that I would do over the lifetime of a format. Um, unless I really went hard and did like multiple drafts on Friday Night Magic. Um, now, since Arena has come out, you know, I, uh, you know, I, since Arena has come out, especially with Ikoria, I've been in about the mid-30s or so uh, for most sets. Um, the most to date has been Midnight Hunt when I kind of pushed myself and I probably shouldn't have to a cool 50 drafts. Uh, with Neon Dynasty, however, I've done a full 80 drafts. Um, and I mean, you know, given the fact that it was Kamigawa, Return to Kamigawa with all the anime and Japanese influences, and given that my uh, username on Arena is NinjaBoy333, after all, um, I was going to love it flavorfully. But even beyond that, I think the actual mechanics and draft format were just super engaging as well. You know, there were so many different themes you could build around, the, the enchantments theme, the artifacts theme, ninjas, weird build-arounds like mechs, um, and then, you know, the colors, colors were fairly balanced, so it was a little bit off toward the end, but, you know, the power level was generally flat, not really crazy, any bombs or anything, and then the meta was pretty solid, right? It started off with one way, and then over time, things became more and less popular, and trying to, like, be on top of that throughout the life of the format was really engaging. So, you know, I really think, uh, it, and I, I think it, and it, it made the, the, the format really repeatable. Um, 
So going into the stats of how I did with Neon Dynasty, so I had, you know, what's it, 280 uh, drafts overall. Um, I ended up with 240 games won against 234 games lost. That's about a 50.63% win rate. Now, while I don't have the full format win rates uh, for other formats, it is one of my better formats overall. Um, at about the compared to the one month mark, uh, Vow was about 50.49%. Uh, and most formats since Ikoria were below 50%. I think my highest was probably, uh, I think, Kaldheim, I believe. Um, overall, you know, out of those 80 drafts, I, I had four drafts where I got the full seven wins, um, and then six more where I got uh, six wins. Um, on the other side, on when I was not doing so well, I had about eight drafts uh, with zero wins, and then 13 drafts with one win. Um, so definitely had my fair share of bricks, but, you know, more than made up with some sweet trophy decks. Now, looking at overall win rates, aside from a brief period uh, in the first five drafts where I had two one threes back to back and dropped to a 45% win rate, once I got past that, overall, looking at every draft kind of on a running basis, I stayed north of 50% the entire format. Um, my highest peak was at around draft 10 or so when I had a 58.8% win rate, um, dropped down to about 50% uh, for draft 20, rallied back up to 53% when I crossed into the uh, Diamond in late February, which is my peak uh, for the format Diamond 4. Uh, from there, you know, I was basically 50 to 51% through Mar the March reset at draft 41 or so, and then all through the month. Um, April reset around draft 59, I stayed in the same range, got pretty close. I think I got to an even 50% at draft 71, but the past couple of drafts, past 10 drafts or so, I pulled it back to where I am now. Uh, now, that's the total drafts, and you're looking at all the drafts uh, to date. Um, I also look at, you know, my running five average drafts and my running 10 average draft. Uh, for five average drafts, so starting at draft five, I started at a 51% average, uh, went as high as a 63% uh, when I had two 6.3s uh, and a 7.2 early on back-to-back, -back, around draft 11 or so. Um, from then, I had a pretty bad run with a three with three o threes in a row uh, from draft 17 to 21, um, and then rallied back up to a 65% draft 13. With a 7 2, two five threes, and a two four threes. Uh, I think my lowest then went down to 28% with a bunch of 03s and 23s around draft 42, rounding back up to 57% draft 49. Um, and from there, I ping ponged between, say, 48 and 56%, um, going, you know, before going really crazy at the end, uh, down to 34%, just kind of like pushing it because I just knew I was like just having so much fun drafting it, even if I wasn't winning. Um, but I pulled it in the end up to 60%. Uh, naturally, you know, the 10 draft average. Average wasn't quite as volatile as the five draft average, stuck between about 60 and 40 percent, you know, following a similar trajectory, a minimum of 38 percent and a high of 60 percent. Uh, looking at individual colors, my most drafted color was black, uh, with 40 drafts overall and even 50% containing the color. Um, next was white, 36 drafts or 45%. Uh, blue had 34 or 42.5%. Green came in fourth with only 29 drafts or 36.25%. And then red only sewed up in 20 drafts, about 25%. Uh, this makes sense intuitively, and I'm only counting major colors here for color pairs, splashing, I'm not counting here. Um, but this makes sense as by the end of the format, I was really going for for those four colored piles. Um, didn't really care which was the base color as long as it didn't really include red, which mostly wanted to be mono red by the end of it. Um, and, I, and I didn't really have much many strong reasons to be drafting red, um, unless I just really wanted to force it, which I didn't really want to do. Um, now, this also brought in the color win rate, right? Red uh, had the worst record of all, uh, with only 51 wins to 56 losses, or 47.6% win rate. Um, up next was white, 
with a even 100 wins but to 97 losses, so 50.76%. Um, Black had 123 wins to 111 losses, or 52.56%. Um, Blue was pretty uh, winning at 107 to 94 wins to losses, 53.2%. And then my most winning color was uh, green, which was my fourth least drafted, if you remember. Um, 97 wins to 79 losses, or about a 55.11% win rate. Um, now, I also did keep you track, track, track of splashes. Um, I ended up splashing about 37 out of 80 games, so just about 46.25%. Um, and my splash sticks did a little bit better than average at 109 to 105 wins, or 50.93%. Uh, interestingly, I splashed the most for white in 12 decks, um, usually for the top common Imperial Oath, or perhaps Naomi or Intercessor's Arrest, mostly for like a, um, if I was going for the artifact um, and, and, and enchantments. Uh, combined the sub-theme. Um, I then was followed by Blue with 11 decks, mostly for either Tamesi um, or Behold, Behold is Unspeakable, somehow splashing for a double blue card, or Mindlink Mech or Sky, the Sky Turtle. Um, you know, red splashed uh, eight times, mostly for rares or the Hot Springs with a Shrine, uh, and then Blue splashed seven times, mostly for Long Reach of Night. Um, green was my least splash color, only in two decks, um, both times for the Shrine. Uh, moving to the color pairs, my most drafted was green-white at 15 decks, or 18.75%. Uh, and again, this is the base colors, uh, not including splashes. Um, Blue-black ninjas was one fewer deck with 14 total, or about 17.5% of total decks. Uh, this makes sense, as I think it was easiest when I was drafting to see whether the enchantment decks were open or if I was getting a lot of good cards for the ninja deck, so it was easy to kind of pivot into those if necessary. Um, I also dra enjoyed drafting these the most because they were some of my most winning archetypes. Um, Blue-black was my second most winning with 51 wins to 40 losses or 56.04% win rate. Uh, Green White was third with 48 wins and 42 losses or 53.33% win rate. Uh, for the record though, my most winning color pair was actually Green Black, um, which I think I definitely forced a couple times. Um, 28 wins and 18 losses for a 60.87% win rate. Um, now, this was only my third, six most, six most drafted color pair, um, tied with Blue Red at seven drafts each. Um, re Blue Red was also my sixth most winning color pair at 19 wins, 19 losses, and even 50%. Uh, looking at the other red archetypes, well, I technically did have a better win rate with red-green, con uh, considered the worst color pair of the format. I only had two drafts with it. Um, one was a very early 6-3 early on, um, and the other was a late 1-3 one, uh, one that was late in the format. So overall, 7-6, or 53.85%. So not really a lot of sample size here to say that red-green was actually secretly a good color. It was pretty much only good if it was open. Um, the other two archetypes were among my worst three in the format. Uh, Blackwood had 20 wins, 24 losses for eight drafts, 45.45% um, win rate. And then Red-White was my worst in the format over three drafts total, five wins, seven losses for 41.67% win rate. Um, the wor my second worst in the format was White-Black, actually, at 19 wins to 23 losses, over nine drafts for 42.24% win rate. I think whenever I saw the White-Black synergy, it really worked out best in a deck that happened to not be necessarily black-white, but while splashing white for, again, Naomi. Um, rounding out the other two blue archetypes, white-blue was my fourth best uh, at six drafts with uh, 19 wins, 16 losses, 54.29% win rate, and then green-blue was down there with a 45.83% win rate across five games, 11 wins, and 13 losses. Um, now, 
there were also four drafts where I didn't really uh, draft a two-color archetype, and mostly went monocolor. I think one time I kind of did a multicolor, couple of multicolor piles. Uh, one was draft twenty-eight when I went four and three uh, with a mono white deck. Uh, draft thirty-eight, I again went mono white. This time two three. And on the flip side, uh, in the last week or so, I've been I again I was doing a lot of multicolor pile decks. Uh, draft seventy-five was a blue black green base deck, splashing for three white cards and one red card. Um, I somehow got that to a 4-3, uh, and then my 8th draft, 80th draft, my final draft was straight Jeskai, um, which didn't do that well, but overall that's 13-2 to two in games, so about a 52% win rate. Uh, now looking at my trophy decks, uh, this one was a Draft 7, which pushed me from uh, silver to gold uh, in February. This one's pretty straightforward. White, green, splashing black for a black shrine with two green shrines and two shrine stewards. Um, other than that, I had a Blossom Planter, Touch of Spirit Realm, and Imperial Oath, as well as 15 Total Enchantments, a Generous Visitor, and Imperial Recovery Unit for some spies. So, you know, pretty uh, pretty solid uh, 7, uh, dra- seven, uh, seven, um, seven X win there. Um, draft 32, I went 7-1 and one with a first pick, Tachinari Toad Rider, ended up leading me down a black green enchantment deck, splashing for Imperial Oath, and also Soul Sisters Call, which is that mythic enchantment which people kind of poo pooed. Um, but being a super grindy deck, this kind of worked out. This one was 14 enchantments and just kept super grinding really hard with Gloom, Gloom Streakers and, and that Soul uh, Spirit Sisters Call. Plus, I, I definitely remember one game, I kind of was down to the last couple of cards in my deck, um, and then I drew the spinning wheel kick, recurred um, a, a Fang of Sugeki, and like, basically wiped their board with just so much mana. Also had two Boseiju reaches Skyward, which definitely didn't hurt. After those two Obsidian decks, though, my other two trophies were uh, base uh, blue-black ninja decks. One, uh, Draft 56, uh, splashed yet again white for uh, the Oath of Imperial Oath, as well as green for the green slide shrine along the uh, blue and black one for Shrine Steward. Uh, shrine Steward also got me two Twisted Embraces, um, so add in a couple of Modern Ages, the Reality Chip, Life of Toshiro Umizaro, Long Reach of Night, Behold the Unspeakable, and then the ne- Network Terminal Terrarium one-sided Howling Mine. Um, I was able to go for it with two copy of Terrible Secrets. This was just like a pure value deck. But then, you know, Draft 72, I went straight ninjas instead of like a soup deck. Um, I went. I had a Kaido Suzuki, but also two Network Disruptors, a Thousand Face Shadows as early one drops, two Moon Circuit Hackers, Modern Aids, and Silver Fur Masters Eats, as well as Containment Constructs, Bank Buster at two drops. Uh, suit up, and you're already dead for the Wombo combo of do I block or do I not block? Um, and then Behold the Multiverse as my top end. Pretty gross. The funny thing is, I actually first picked a Jin Gitaxis that trader, uh, but opted not to play because seven mana would have been too much for my curve, and I didn't really have that many artifacts. Now, you know, looking at my 6-3 decks, half of them were in the top te- first 10 drafts. Uh, draft 5 was a mostly very lean, almost mono-red build with Roaring Earth and Hot Spring as my only green cards. Uh, 10 one-drops, 9-2-drops, two, two topped by a Raiju and Twin Shot Sniper at 4. Uh, draft 8 was my first trophy. Again, uh, black-green, grind with two Gloom Seekers. Um... So it was after my trophy, so this is not the trophy, but I was kind of enamored to do black-green here. Um, Again, two Gloom Streakers, Soul Transfer, Springleaf Avenger, got me six wins here. Uh, Draft 10 was base blue-white, splashing black for Grease Fang. Uh, I had four vehicles here, including a Surge Hacker Mech, a Bank Buster, and the Hover Bike, and I even played the Mech Hanger for this as well as a Tamesi, a Replication Specialist, and Lion Sass as other um, good cards. 
And I had a pretty relative draft of good uh, drafts until uh, from draft 10 through about draft 52. Um, I did have the trophy uh, at draft 32, but it, you know I didn't get a 6-3 until draft 52, which is again a straight ninja's desk. Pack one, pick one, biting palm ninja. Nothing too fancy. Uh, draft 65 was a 6-3 with blue-black ninjas. Zero rares, just good commons and uncommons, including three virus beetles. Uh, draft 79 was second to last draft. Uh, ended on a four-color pile that should not have gone as well as it did. Uh, blaze, base black-green, Passing for Naomi and Reign of Truth in uh, white, and then Fable of the Mirror Breaker in red. Honestly, do not know how I pulled this one to get a 6 3 overall. Uh, just going through all my other decks for some highlights, you know, maybe these didn't necessarily do as well, but some fun things I was able to pull off in the format. Um, I pulled off the Mech Titan core more than once, actually. Um, you know, early on, I had 15, a deck with 15 artifact creatures or vehicles to enable it. Um, I also had a Mirror Breaker and Thundering Raiju and Reality Chip for additional power in, a, in this blue-red deck. That one went 3-3. Three and three. Um, I also had another red-black Mech Titan deck, 4-3, um, two Virus Beetles, two Sokens on Smelters, three Undercity Scroungers, three Unstoppable Ogres, and two boot suits as my enablers for the Mech Titan. Um, I did have a Billion Restoration deck. Unfortunately, that one only went three and three. Don't remember if I was able to pull off the Billion Restoration. Um, now, I did mention I did have a 15-land mono-white build. I think I first picked a Kyodai, and then I just kept picking white cards, and I just figured just commit to the bid and just do white only. Also got the Wandering Emperor. That one went only 4-3. Um, I did have another one shortly thereafter, but that one, again, went only in 2-3 because it didn't have the, the bomb rares. Um, now, I was low-key mad about this next draft I'm going to talk about. So, draft 34, I had all five Shrimes in a base black-green deck. So, I had a Terrarium, I had Gloomstreaker, uh, you know, Network Terminal, two Rafted Groats, Greater Tanuki, two Shrine Stewards. I thought this one could go the distance. Unfortunately, I got interrupted by a bunch of stuff happening while I was playing, where I had to essentially quit out just because, like, things were happening around me that I had to address. Um, so, I had to pilot this. I had to basically give up a bunch of wins that I would think I should have gotten anyway. Um, and so, I ended up going only 2-3 in the end, so pretty sad there. Um, I definitely did get those uh, Colossal Titan Season of Renewal loops going a couple of decks, some more successfully than others, but definitely more than a few opponents that, you know, once I was able to demonstrate, I could just loop things from the graveyard endlessly. Um, they just kind of scooped before I could really get anything going. Uh, the best record, I think, for this one was a 5-3 deck that I got to that got me to Platinum, actually. Had two Beholders and Speakables, Sugeki the Visionary, and Spinning Wheel Kick, Fan of Sugeki combo, uh, which won me, again, that game by recurring the Fang. Um, I also had an odd Explosion Singularity and Invoke the Winds Tezzeret Blue Red deck that went 5-3. and three. Um, And then, you know, again, I had a bunch of really ambitious splashes. Uh, I, I think the splashing in this format was definitely doable, even for double color cards. Um, like a green-white deck splashing red for a red shrine and blue for a blue shrine, and black, not for the black shrine, but for March of the Rested Sorrow. Um, that one went only 2-3. Um, I had one with uh, Asari Captain and Naomi in a blue-white deck went 2-3. Um, I had a deck with 7 green cards, 3 blue Blue cards, five black cards, and three white cards, and a single red card went four three. And then of course that six three I mentioned that was a four color pile. And then my last draft was the Jeskai pile uh, with Hinata and Atsushi. Um, I think I actually got three Imperial Oats in that one as well. So um, definitely a reason to splat to quote unquote splash white for that one. Um, I did pull off the anchor. To, I did try pulling off the anchor to reality. Thunderstruck Colossus combo never never worked out. Definitely a trap. Uh, went zero three, and I definitely saw the Kami War being passed on, but unfortunately was never able to draft it early enough myself to make it a thing. 
Uh, overall, you know, I love this format. I'm probably going to say it's my favorite of all time, frankly, um, at least that I've played so far. I'm definitely looking forward to playing Flashback Drafts in the future, which is definitely something I just don't do, but I think I just love this so much. Um, I was able to go rare complete, so, you know, drafting here basically meant that whenever I opened, at, by the end when I was opening packs, I was just getting, you know, 20 gems per pack, basically. So that was, that was pretty fun. Um, now, if there were any regrets about this format I had, I think it's the fact that I wasn't able to actually do well at the limited arena open for this one. For the first time, not making day two, uh, since they started doing the limited arena opens. That was a good reason for this, though. Um, it was the, basically the day of, uh, if you know the K-pop group TWICE, uh, they were playing here in New York. Me, my, my wife wanted to go, so instead of staying at home and grinding all day, I was either traveling to drop off our dog at the, ba at the dog sitter, or I was at the, on the train to the venue or to the hotel. Um, I tried playing on my phone but the saudi internet connection uh at the venue definitely worked against me made me drop a couple games and um yeah definitely spent too much money on uh buying gems while on the road and yeah definitely lesson to learn to not uh play the arena open if you're traveling um but yeah i'll i'll, I'll definitely be looking forward to the next one that they have um i will say my pre-release probably could have gone a little bit better you know i played at hex and co east as i have for the past few pre-releases went one one and one before dropping the fourth match because i had to get home um i I built a pretty nice white green enchantment ramp deck, but sadly I had some trouble closing out the games as the board stalled out. I was pretty loud in removal, didn't really have any way to push through damage. I just could very easily ramp a lot of cards, but didn't really have much to do with it at the end. So, you know, I'm basically done with the Mastery Pass on Arena, you know, I finished it all completely before, you know, it ended up. Um, and, you know, while certainly a lot of it was getting there via draft, um, there were times when I needed to grind a bit of goal uh, with Constructed. Um, this format, there were, I think, four decks I predominantly played. Uh, first was a mono blue Voltron build I saw play on the channel Fireball. I forget which pro was playing it. Um, well, the goal was just to assemble Mech Titan as quickly as possible. After a while, you know, it, it definitely was more of a fun meme deck than an actual serious deck. So I tried, you know, another meme deck, I guess, Shrines and Historic, uh, based on the Saffron Olive deck. Um, again, it was pretty grindy, and while it had a little bit of a better success rate, um, it was also just, you know, a lot slower games, just because that's the nature of the deck, to like, grind out value. Um, so, you know, if I wanted quicker wins on the ladder... Um, and I basically switched to the Slivers deck, which is, again, the Saffron Olive build. Four colors, not five. Um, a lot more aggro. Um, again, you know, this is pretty decent, but then, again, also had the issue of, you know, Slivers aren't the tier one deck, right? You can catch some games by surprise, but then there are others where it just kind of, like, fall, falls apart. Um, and then, you know, I saw this cool deck from Brewer's Kitchen, also on MTG Goldfish. It's the Torgar, Hidetsugu, Second Right, Wombo Combo, and Historic, where basically Torgar comes into play. It's an aristocrat-style deck. Sacrifice a bunch of creatures for him. Set their life to ten and then dome them for 10 on the spot, particularly if they're tapped out and they can't, they don't see it coming. Um, so yeah, pretty good overall, pretty fun, but not that the most competitive. So, you know, oh yeah, and, you know, there were various events that we had to enter to get card styles. Um, I just used the mono red decks, the singleton decks that MCDA Zone had as usual. So all that being said, you know, I have greatly enjoyed Neon Dynasty and would, if I could, play this format probably in perpetuity. Um, but, you know, as it, uh, unfortunately, the Wheel of Time goes on and new competitors already upon us. Um, with it, you know, also the return of paper magic events with Command Fest and organized play. Now, I think this might change my approach to 
to playing, frankly speaking, on Arena. Um, first, I'm not saying I'm going to make it to Command Fest, but now that things are settled with my move and I have a new job, or I've had my new job for, I think, six months now, and things are more financially stable, I could probably get around to updating my EDX, EDH decks around. I kind of had put it on hold over the pandemic, um, but I think it's in a place where I can probably do that and with a chance of realistically seeing people to play with. Um, I haven't even looked at what upgrades I would make from Neon Dynasty to my existing decks. I'll probably do that off the air, but definitely a lot coming for Eurico Ninjas. Uh, now, if there is a limited format uh, for the uh, regional championships at the LGS store level, I may try that. But, you know, depending if they have only Pioneer, maybe I might get into Pioneer. Um, I'd probably pilot Monored Burns because it's the cheapest to get into and uh, really suits my style of play. Um, but, you know, by extension, they also announced that Explorer is coming to uh, Arena, which is basically going to be Pioneer uh, minus the cards they don't have yet in Pioneer on the client. Um, I believe, you know, I don't think the Monored deck is quite there yet because I think they're are missing a uh, uh, monastery Swiss spear and uh, Eidolon of the Great Revel, which are basically like the two linchpins cards for uh, Pioneer, or two of the linchpin cards on Pioneer for the format. Um, but you know, once they get those, I think I'm definitely going to be trying out there. Um, as far as drafts on Arena go, you know, I think I'm going to start by playing, um, you know, still a premier draft to rank up the ladder till I get to about platinum or so, which is where my win rate tends to, you know, uh, flatten out. Um, from there, I think I'm going to try to switch to traditional draft, um, even if, you know, I think presumably quick draft is supposed to be better for your gems if you're better at that, but um, because I want to try to maybe spike some drafts and maybe start slowly grinding out and collecting some play points uh, for, you know, qualifier weekends if they happen to be limited, um, I may try doing that um, for organized play, but, you know, we'll see exciting times ahead all around. Uh, in any case, you know, this podcast is coming to its resolution. Um, let me know what you think of uh, Neon Dynasty, what you missed about, what you're going to miss about it, what you enjoyed about it, what you're not going to miss about it. Um, and then, yeah, uh, let me know over on Twitter at EtherVortexPod or via email at IntoTheEtherVortex at gmail.com. IntoTheEtherVortex is on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Leave a link in this. You can review on any of those podcast source. Um, links in the show notes. My architect uh, with all my deck lists, which I still need to update, is on uh, is linked under, is there as well. User Boy and Boy Boys and I, into and out of music, Kevin MacLeod, into conflict.filmmaster.io, editing productions, by my Ninja Boy Media. Until next time, uh, our next episode, where we're going to be talking about the families of Nuka Pena uh, and things, how things have been going, what decks I want to add, or what cards I want to add to my decks. Um, you know, may you, remember, may your lands be plentiful, but uh, not too plentiful. And I'm going to pass the turn. Mm-hmm.